0: Meg and the um, career services team for letting us come and speak to you. Um, We wanted to make sure you knew about our office and what we have to offer, um, particularly if you're interested in being in the Albany area um, this summer or during the academic year. So the attorney general's office, I'm just going to give you a little overview and then I'm going to let you hear from Diane and Christina um, and they're going to share a little bit about their careers at the attorney general's office, as well as um, you know what they do as it relates to students, um, because they both are student supervisors. And then as Meg mentioned, Diane is our AG fellowship program coordinator. Um, and she can talk about that opportunity, which is a post-grad opportunity for law graduates um, that we're very excited about. So, the Attorney General's office is um, a statewide agency. Um, the Attorney General is an elected official. She's elected every four years, so the position is. And so, um, A.G. James was reelected at the end of 2020 for another four-year term. So, um, we are, as I mentioned, a statewide office. So, we have offices from Buffalo to Albany to out on Long Island and everywhere in between. So, we'll talk a little bit about what that means. Diane works in one of our regional offices, which is kind of an interesting experience. But up here in Albany, which is actually our second largest office, both in terms of the number of staff that we have, but also with the bureaus being represented, is why I invited Christina to join us to talk about um, what we have to offer up here a little bit more and what the experience is like for summer students. And also because She's been a really great program coordinator and does a really great job making sure students get hands on learning experiences, because we also have student practice orders at the Attorney General's office that allow you to practice, even though you're not admitted. And it's something that I know Christina takes good advantage of with her students. So um, we run a summer program that the recruitment is underway currently. So we're gonna be accepting applications through March 17th. Um, and when you see that posting, you're gonna to need to apply separately for each bureau regional office that's of interest to you. Um, I encourage you, if you're particularly if you're a 1L, um, certainly consider applying. We actually are a 1L heavy program. Um, and because we are such a large office with such a large practice area, It's a great opportunity to kind of see what's out there and dip your toe into various things that might be of interest. And one thing that we like to tell students is if you're trying to get a sense of our office and what we do is to really take a look at our website because there's a lot of helpful content, both in terms of our press releases and our beer descriptions, and they can kind of help to guide you in terms of what you're interested in. And certainly Meg and the career services team is familiar with what we do and can also help to point you in the direction um of bureaus or offices that might be of interest to you um i can say you know consider applying for multiple bureaus you know we always hear from students there seem to be the same set number of bureaus that seem to be high interest bureaus so civil rights appeals and opinions antitrust bureaus like that and certainly apply for them but also think about applying elsewhere in the office, um, because you might find something that's of interest to you that you didn't think about initially, or, you know, just because a bureau based on its name handles a particular type of case doesn't mean that work isn't done somewhere else. For instance, if you're interested in healthcare, um, we have a healthcare bureau, but we also have our Medicaid fraud control unit that they deal with, um, Claims related to health care matters and they also look into nursing home abuse. And then Christina will also talk about the work that they do in the claims bureau that also has healthcare-related aspect to it and the work that they're trying to do for the state. And also Diane can talk about that a little bit more because she also does claims work um, at the regional office. So there's a lot to do here. Um, One thing that I do tell students too is think about applying to one of our state council bureaus, which both Diane and Christina do state council work um, because they have a bunch of matters that are in different states of being and completion and it's you know you can have opportunities to go to court sit on depositions possibly go on a site visit whereas if you go to one of our affirmative bureaus so think our social justice division or economics division which they're doing great work you may not be able to have those same set of experiences because the timeline on a matter tends to be longer because they're actually developing a case instead of defending it so something to think about in terms of what you want for your experience Um, Diane will go in more about our fellowship program, but that is something that we launched in 2021, and we have our first cohort that's on board currently. They started in the fall of 2022, but that's an entry-level program for law graduates. So the goal is to give you the training to help you be a successful public interest attorney, and at the end of your two-year fellowship, you would get priority consideration for attorney position with the office. So it's a way to provide that. Pathway into our office because prior to that, we didn't have a lot of entry level opportunities for um, recent grads. Most of our postings required a minimum of two years of experience. And so Diane is doing a really great job helping to facilitate and coordinate um, the experience for our fellows. So they're not just getting the experience in their bureau, but also. Diane's working to coordinate other training opportunities and she'll talk about that in more detail. If you decide not to apply in the summer, also think about us for the academic year, particularly since um, you're likely gonna be based in Albany. So we have part-time placements that are paid as well as externships for academic credit. Um, I know Christina's bureau takes students during the fall and the spring semesters, um, as well as a number of our other bureaus do. Um, so that's also something to think about so maybe you already have something lined up for the summer but you're interested in us. Keep us in mind for the fall and the spring and I'm happy to take some more specific questions. If you have them um, as we go along, um, but I want to make sure that you get enough time to talk to and hear from Christina and Diane because they're a lot more interesting than I am since they're actually practicing on behalf of the office. So. I'm going to start off with Christina. Christina, can you talk a little bit about what you do, um, kind of demystify claims a little bit? What does a day, week, month look like for you? I sure can.
1: And um, just to kind of piggyback off what Abby said about the Bureau's um, identifying names, titles, kind of being a little bit... um, um, maybe not completely accurately describing what they do. Here's a perfect example. My bureau is um, entitled claims and our sister bureau is entitled litigation. And so you'll often see a lot of students wanting litigation experience and therefore applying to litigation. But in fact, claims and litigation, we litigate the exact same amount of uh, cases really. Um, The difference is in the litigation bureau, they litigate in federal court and mostly federal court with, I think, a small Article 78 practice in Supreme Court. And in our bureau, we mostly litigate in um, the Court of Claims with a small Supreme Court practice. So we really, in fact, handle the same types of cases, the same um, the same um, parts of the litigation process, um, but just really in different courts. So I encourage you, if you have a question about, what a particular bureau does, um, you should reach out to somebody at your law school. I have connections all around that school. I'm happy for any of those connections to give me a ring, find me on LinkedIn, um, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. I'm happy to kind of demystify um, the titles of the bureau so that, you know, your path can be better directed, because really that's our goal here. You know, I always share with people, you know, we don't really, this isn't a part of our job in the sense that it's a part of our job function or job duties. This is a volunteer position and we all, Diane, Abby and I, <clears throat> well, not to Di- Abby, this, this is her job, but <laughs> people like Diane and Abby, uh, or excuse me, me and Diane, we volunteer because we want to give back in the sense that we found a real benefit um, in our lives and in our practice to the opportunities that were given to us kind of when we were coming up um, as young lawyers. And it's our, you know, we feel it's our duty to kind of give back to that process. So I'm happy to speak to anybody. If you have any questions and you want me to help you demystify the um, the titles of each of the Bureau, just reach out um, or ask somebody at your school to reach out to me. As far as what I do, I'm a litigator from soup to nuts, A through Z, a case comes in, um, we answer it, and we take it all the way through um, decision um, as far as what the judge decided to do. Meaning, did the judge decide that New York State was liable or an individual was liable uh, for whatever tort the prosecutor or the plaintiff or the claimant um, decided to file against the defendant. And our defendants could be um, agencies such as the New York State Police, or it could be individuals such as um, specific troopers that were named. So it's really fun. It's 100% intense in the sense that we are in the courtroom all the time, and that is where our job begins and ends. So experiences such as trials, um, hearings, court conferences, depositions, um, all of those things kind of happen throughout the course of our internship and claims. as Abby mentioned, we do our we do have a practice order. We're lucky enough to have to get one and obtain one for our students. So, because I am the um, the main supervisor, I work hand in glove with our interns. You'll see that um, wherever I go, you will end up going because I really want the interns to leave knowing what it's like to practice law in our capital region community. Um, my colleague Doug Kemp, who works with me, he kind of and you know makes sure that the reading and writing kind of requirement that we have for our internship is that box is ticked as well. Um, so we do have kind of competing interests. I usually tend to win <laughs> because I really think the best way to learn is to see and to do. So you will leave with the writing sample. I promise you that no student has ever left without one, but a majority of your time will be spent learning and doing. And if you proven to me that you were capable and are interested um, and are able to follow direction and all of those kind of great things that, I need to ensure before I can allow you to go on the record, um, you will, in fact, have an opportunity to be on the record. Last semester, um, a student was able to handle, I think it was like 16 pro se trial term cases. Um, So he did a lot of work with that. And he was able to do that and and work with Judge McCarthy. And it was just wonderful. So um, I'll kick this back because I can go on for forever. I'll kick this back to Abby and Diane. you know, as a parting, I'm sure I'll talk to you before we leave this meeting. But as a parting farewell, again, I'm happy to speak with anybody at any time. You will not be bothering me. It's part of what I like to do. I like to talk to students. I like to help students. So reach out to me on LinkedIn or directly um, through my work email, and I'll help you in any way I can. Okay.
0: Great. Thank you, Christina. You can tell why one reason why I asked Christina to join us because she's very excited and enthusiastic about our office and also working with students. So she's a great advocate for our programs, but also Diane McCullough. So Diane and I have been working together for years as have Christina and I, but Diane also has the added, Responsibility of being our program coordinator for our fellowship. So um, we work together quite a lot to develop this program. And I think Diane's work is interesting because she works in a regional office. So, Diane, can you, in addition to talking about what your work looks like in the regional office, talk about what makes a regional office unique and special?
2: Thank you, Abby. Yes, I will. But before I begin, I wanted to say, just like Christina, when we work with the students all these years, I've been working with students in the Westchester regional office for over 20 years. And it's a labor of love. It's not part of our job description. We don't get evaluated on it. We don't get extra pay to do it. It's really a labor of love. We love giving back to the students and helping them develop their legal careers and legal skills. So, as Abby said, uh, I'm in the Westchester Regional Office. I've had an exceptional career at the Attorney General's Office. I've been an Assistant Attorney General for over 32 years. (laughs) And I've had the honor of working with eight Attorney Generals. And now for this second uh, term for Letitia James, which is is so exciting to me. Uh, I'm a litigator, and I have hundreds of trials under my belt. I currently work in the Westchester Regional Office, and the regional offices are sort of like microcosms of the larger attorney general offices in Albany and New York City. So um, because we do a lot of the work that individual bureaus do. For instance, Christina is in claims, but I do claim work in the Westchester Regional Office. We also have uh, charities work that we do, uh, consumer frauds work the sexual man- offender management bureau is is in our westchester regional office we defend the state in federal court so we're just like the litigation bureau and we are also defending the state agencies in supreme court not just in court Claims, so we're like the litigation bureau. So, and we also work in conjunction with a lot of bureaus. If it's an environmental issue, we will work with the environmental bureau. Or uh, if it's a labor issue, we'll work with the labor bureau. So sometimes there's a lot of crossover between the regional offices and the um, the larger offices in in the in Albany and in uh, New York City. So in the Westchester regional office. We have a diverse staff of attorneys, investigators, support staff that bring, you know, different and valued perspectives to our cases and investigations. Because we're we're small, you know, we're not the big office, so we work on everything together. So, um, if you like a smaller practice, uh, the 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 regional office is a great place to be. Um, like. Christina was telling you we always make sure that when you work at our office you kind of experience in the Westchester regional office you kind of experience all the different types of work that we do so you get a little touch of different bureaus even though you're in the Westchester regional office so if uh, you if there's a consumer frauds issue you'll work with the consumer frauds uh, attorney in our office you're doing claims work you're doing so many diverse um, legal practices all in one at the Westchester Regional Office. So I always, I always pride myself on you know tooting the tooting the horn of the Westchester Regional Office because uh, it's such a rich experience for a student. I, and also we have a, one of our fellows there as well, which I'll talk about later. The fellowship program. Um, I just want to say a lot of people think the I do the state council work. Uh, so does Christina, which is not glamorous. Cause, you know um, we're not <laughs> right right we're not the one <laughs> we're not you know oh yes we did this with civil rights we I don't know
1: that. Diane I tend to wear my tiara wherever I go so ah, all right yeah.
2: <laughs> but you know what we're doing very satisfying work okay it um for instance I, I like to give this as, as an example how we even we're doing defensive work defending state agencies that we're doing um Work that affects the people of the state of New York. So, for instance, if you uh, if your license or someone's license got revoked or suspended, and they file what's called an Article 78 in Supreme Court and they challenge that 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 Department of Motor Vehicle determination, we would defend that because, for instance, it could be because the person has numerous DWIs or DWUs and uh, there was a fatality. So, in that way that defending, that revocation or suspension saves lives and helps the people of the state in New York. So, you know, so a lot of people, you can look at it that way and and it can show you that there's so much value in the work that we do representing the state. Um, Let me see what else. Oh, well, I just want to conclude by no matter whether you are working in a bureau that defends the state or brings an action against an organization company or or individual that's doing something egregious um and defrauding the people of the state of new york it's all good work and it's all good solid experience so if you're interested in in working in the public sector and 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 uh doing Mm -hmm. this type of work there is so much value in it um i'll let abby go on abby
1: (laughs) And Abby, if I can just um, say one brief thing, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's really important for you guys to kind of define what it is you'd like, what experience you'd like to have, and what subject matter you'd like to learn more about. Um, you know, for example, you know, I want to learn more about um, realist real property law or civil rights law, and that kind of becomes the starting point. And I really, 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 and that's three reallys, and I mean it for <laughs> a reason, You, you should reach out to somebody who knows what that particular bureau does Um, because you're going to miss out on a world of opportunity if you just if you just rely on the title of the bureau and this goes for anything not just our Mm -hmm. office really for any um opportunities um, that you're looking for and here's another example of what i mean You know, in my bureau, because I can really only address the cases in my bureau specifically, right? So in my bureau, I have cases, the range, you guys would just be bowled over by it. So I have cases that have um, homicide involved in it. One of my cases relates to the homicide of a three-month-old baby and all of the criminal context that kind of goes along with a lawsuit relating to. Um, what, a, you know, uh, the allegation that the uh, this particular person was unfairly imprisoned for a period of time. Right. So there's that kind of a case and then there's the typical kind of tort of a slip and fall. And then there's medical malpractice that also deal with allegations of wrongful death. Mm-hmm. So, and, and on top of all of the really neat things that you learn about, you know, you become, uh, you know, a quote, I don't want to say experts, I'm definitely not an expert in this field, but a pseudo kind of expert um, in neurology and neuroscience and, and biomechanical, uh, you know, biomechanics and all of these other kind of subject matters that relate to that particular claim that you're litigating. So it's super important, you guys, the best experience that you will have is in an area that you kind of want to learn more about. So don't fail yourself and not take a moment to gather information about what it is that that bureau does. And um, so reach out to me, people like me, um, people in your career center, and then they can help guide your path so that when you leave that experience, you're kind of just really over the moon about the, not only education that um, you've gotten, but the, um, the relationships that you've been able to develop that will last you you know, the course of
0: your legal career. Okay, thanks, Ab. Thanks, Christina. That's all good feedback. I also just wanna go back a little bit because when we talk to 1Ls in particular, and they're looking toward their first summer, I think there can be a lot of anxiety about trying to pick the right placement or the area of law. And so, um, you know, Christina mentioned reaching out, trying to educate yourself, but also just being open to experiences Um, and, you know, And just being and realizing particularly if you come to an office like ours pretty much anywhere you land you're going to have a great experience and one of the things we try to do during the summer because everybody's with us at the same time and they're here full-time is we do run programming so you can learn about the wider office so we have presentations from each of our legal divisions and what we find is we have students who Perhaps they worked in one bureau for the summer and they're really interested in the work that we do, and they come back and they work for a different bureau or regional office during the academic year. So that's something to think about. And, um, you know, so yes, try to educate yourself as much as you can, but also, um, you know, be open to experiences as well, um, because sometimes something catches your eye. Perhaps it's something in the news. And I can say that I found with this office that if it's in the news, we're very likely either working on it or going to be working on it. And our office is interesting because it is a very dynamic office <clears throat> and it changes over time. For instance, you know, everything that happened in the wake of George, the killing of George Floyd, our office has, you know, the legislature passed um, some new statutes, and now we have gained additional units. So we've got a law enforcement misconduct investigative office that came out of that. Um, the work with our office of special investigation that looks into deaths that are caused by um, as a result of interactions with the police—that work has skyrocketed, unfortunately. Um, but at least we're we have an apparatus to actually do those cases. Um, we also have our ERPO unit, which is the um, Extreme Risk Protection Order unit, that is working with state police when they need to. Um, get an order in place because somebody is potentially a danger to themselves and others and trying to keep them away from weapons. So that's a new area that we're building out. I think we're going to be probably gaining some attorneys um, for cannabis management. So, I mean, it's a living, breathing organization, and I think that makes it really interesting. One of the many things that makes it interesting to work here, in addition to the fact that you're surrounded by a lot of people who are mission-driven, and I'll get off my soapbox in a minute because I want you to hear from Diane and Christina, but sometimes when you're thinking about your career, it's really important to think about motivators. So what motivates you to want to do this work and help it, have that help you? So instead of really getting hyper-focused on a specific area, what do you wanna do? Are you really motivated by public service? Okay, so let that be the theme that guides you down a certain path. So, I mean, many people who come to this office, They want quality work. They want to know that they're helping people versus making, you know, a ton of money. Now you can make a decent salary here (laughs) or salaries just went up. Um, So, but, you know, be aware of what your motivators are and have that help you. And as you can see, you'll be surrounded by colleagues like Diane and Christina, who, in addition to working a bunch, still see this as part of their professional responsibility is giving back in this way. And that's something that at least for me is important and I know is important for both of them in a place that they work. So something to think about. So important, it's so important to people like Diane
1: and I and really everybody else in the Bureau. We really take our duty to the next generation of attorneys very seriously and you know starting from the top down tish supports all of these programs really kind of made sure that during the covid period we didn't have to drop the program we continued our intern that was with us when covid hit she stayed with us and and finished her program out and then worked on opportunities to get the interns back into the office so you'll see everybody um that surrounds you is really endeavoring to make sure this is a place that you're going to not only leave and be so grateful that you are here, but have learned so much and built wonderful, um, wonderful connections. Sorry, Ab.
0: Sorry. So I want to make sure we stay on time and leave time for questions. So I'm going to do a little bit of a lightning round. So the first part of it is, Christina, Diane, what do you look for in applicants? Like what can people do to make sure their applications stand out in two to three minutes? And then Diane, I'd like to pivot on if you can give like a two-minute overview of the fellowship program, if you don't mind.
2: Okay, I'll go quickly and just uh, name some of the things that stand out to me when I'm looking over an application. I like to see what the student has done, such as a previous externship or internship and participated in activities such as law review of court but I don't want this to discourage first years because I don't expect you to have a lot of previous work experience but I I mean I might find it interesting if you did some sort of volunteer work so you never know what's going to speak you know spark my interest when looking at your your resume and your application material we do look at cover letters so cover letters are important because it's our our opportunity to meet you it's our first opportunity to meet you and it's your first opportunity to introduce yourself and highlight what you think is interesting and unique about you because if you think it's unique and interesting about you I may think that as well so you know work on your your cover letter and introduce yourself through your cover letter and make sure that you proofread please that you proofread your cover letter um Carefully for typos and grammatical errors. I want you to ask someone to review your material and to give you feedback, and and that could be you know a professor, a friend, or even better still, your career development at office. I'm sure Meg would love to review your uh, cover letter to make sure that it's written correctly and and it lacks any um, typos or 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 grammatical errors. I'm oh, sorry to put you on the spot, Meg. Hi. <laughs> um, I
0: know
2: you're. I, I think it's important that you know your writing sample, because um, I'm going to ask you about it at the at the interview. And students often come to an interview unprepared, and they don't know what writing sample they submitted. So if you're going to submit something in your application, make sure that you know what it is. Make sure you you know which writing sample you provided to which potential employer and be able to talk about that writing sample. And I'm just gonna say one quickly because I know that Christina wants to go, but um, be prepared to ask the interviewer questions. This is also your opportunity to get to know the interviewer and to make sure that this internship is the right place for you. So be prepared for questions or to ask the interviewer questions as well, if you're asked to do that. So those are my tips. Um, Should I move on to Christina, Abby?
0: Yeah, Christina, do you have anything to add?
1: Diane, you know, Diane and I are like peanut butter and jelly as far as, you know, this type, this program. So she hit it all. All I would say is um, just be prepared. I will tell you um, almost always, student will not be offered a second interview or the potential of a position during the interview when they say what do you guys do there Or, or or you know what what kind of is your bureau like you know we expect people to like i said kind of do a little research and have um an interest you know an investment in making that application it's important to them because it's important to us so while we don't expect you to know every single thing that we do the information that you can glean even from the website, um, you know, should be something that you've, that you've reviewed um, prior
0: to interviewing with us. Great, thank you. And these all sound like common sense items, but they happen every recruiting cycle. Every recruiting cycle we receive applications that are addressed to the wrong organization, we have students, I, see, I review the interview evaluations and I can't tell you how many times I see students who they couldn't really articulate in depth about their writing sample. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an issue. So I know you're applying to a lot of different, um, potentially positions. Come up with a system to keep track of things so you don't run into these pitfalls. So if you really wanna be here, you really set yourself up to be successful. Diane. Uh-
2: Abby, I do have one other thing just to let them know. And sure. I think this is good news that the attorney general's office no longer asks for your um, transcripts. Thank so you. we're not evaluating you on grades and so forth. Uh, um, we're looking at a holistic view of the person. Um, you know, this levels the playing fields for everyone to come in and there, and eliminates biases as far as law schools and so forth. You know, that we're all just... Looking at at the person that's in front of
0: us. Okay. So, is my good (laughs) news? Thanks for that reminder, Diane. That was a good plug. Now, do you want to give a quick elevator pitch on the fellowship program? And then I hope we'll have about 10 ish, 10 or so minutes for questions.
2: All right. I'll do this really quickly. Tell me if I'm going too fast. (laughs) Okay. So, the fellowship program, the AG fellowship program, is a graduate program with entry-level opportunities for law students. At this time, we're doing six law students. And it involves completing a two-year fellowship placement with the attorney general's office. Um, And of course, those placements are based on the needs of the office. And and we consider also the interest of the the, uh, law graduates. The fellows will see training, supervision, experience, needed to successfully uh, complete their fellowship and in advancing their career. And as Abby mentioned earlier, upon successful completion of the program, the fellows will receive preferential consideration for available attorney general assistant attorney general jobs within the attorney general's office. I mean, we do know that we run a risk of training you for those two years and you take that those skills and you move on to somewhere else, but you know, that's okay too, because we know that we have, we're sending, you know, prepared attorneys out into the world. Right. So that's fine. Um, let's see. So the application process entails um, submitting your material when the posting comes out we'll have those deadlines and you get your material your writing sample and all the rules for that still apply make sure your your writing sample is um, is uh, proofread checked for grammatical errors and so forth and we're looking for we're looking for law graduates who are committed to public service and you know want to protect the rights. And interests of the state of New York. You know, you're not looking for big bucks. You're going to get a decent salary, but you're looking for the the type of work that we do. And we're also looking for diverse candidates who are creative thinkers with, you know, strong legal writing, analytical, and organizational skills, and of course that element of commitment to public service. Um, we are encouraging people uh, that are underrepresented in the in the the legal profession. Uh, which includes, but it's not limited to people of color, different races, different disabilities, different sexual orientation, just people in general that are really not, like myself, (laughs) are underrepresented in the um, legal profession. Uh, We also are looking for graduates and looking at their previous internships and so forth. And as I mentioned, there won't be any you know, looking at your transcripts that may be asked at some point, but we've uh, il- eliminated transcripts as far as uh, starting the interview process. There's a, two rounds of, of interviews. I'm just going quickly so that you get a, a good view of it. There are two rounds of interviews. Like this year, we had over 200 applicants. We interviewed about 45 applicants and we have to narrow it down to our, our final six in a second inter- interview process. So we also we also do training. We started training as early as during the orientation, the week long orientation period, where we offered training on the statutes and laws under which the AG gets her power to, and we operate. You know our, our ability to subpoena and investigate and prosecute. Uh, so there's so many different statutes that we operate under, and we give training in that. We also did training on specific. Uh, skills um, that we are as assistant attorney generals, we are evaluated on these skills, and they can run from how to how you're doing in questioning a witness, taking a deposition, trial skills such as opening closings, um, cross examination, direct, how to get a document into evidence and uh, when to make objections, organizational skills, interpersonal skills, how you're how you're uh, acclimating to your office, working with the attorneys, working as groups, because we do that quite often. Um, and so these trainings are all ongoing during the semester. We have a bunch of training scheduled for our fellows that are already in place for the spring. We also have presentations because as Abby said earlier, there are so many different areas of law in our office that um, we're looking for people to train about uh, and it's usually the the heads of these divisions, social justice, economic justice, criminal, the executive bureau, state council, the regional offices. So that the the fellows will get some understanding of all the different areas of practice, and as they complete their fellowship, they can apply to any of these bureaus or regional offices. As a fellowship coordinator, my job is to make sure all that happens. I work with uh, with Abby um, and with uh, Wendy, who is a, another person in our little group. We make sure that we're like, checking on the fellows, making sure that they are doing well in their placements. I. I give the fellows support and guidance. I meet the fellows weekly to discuss their assignments and accomplishments because they like to tell me what they've accomplished in their bureaus, any issues they're having, and how they're doing in their placements. I also meet uh, with the placement supervisor separate from the um, fellows to make sure the fellows are being, you know, treated as and uh, junior attorneys and not law students, because now you're a law graduate, so you're not supposed to be treated like a law student. Not that there's anything wrong with the way we treat law students, but now you're at a different level when you're you're a, you're a law graduate. And uh, just to make sure they're adjusting to the work of the office, and I just want to let you know that all our placement supervisors, they are volunteering as well to be that placement supervisor. And they're all skilled practitioners, they're knowledgeable, and they're dedicated to the program and to the success of the um, the fellows themselves. So I think that's it. Did I say everything? <laughs>
0: Abby, do you have anything? Yes, Diane. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, I just also want to reiterate something that's been coming up. You know, we have a lot of fellowship applicants who apply because they have a specific interest, which is great, right? You want to do civil rights law. Just know with this fellowship, we um, place students based on, in you know, on finding bureaus that have the bandwidth to provide you with a good experience, as Diane indicated. So the motivator for doing our program is because you want to learn how to be a public service attorney and get those core skills and should be less wanting to do a particular area, because once you get those core foundational skills, you can pretty much go and practice anywhere. That's what the goal of our program is. Perhaps you'll end up in your first choice bureau just by the way things work, but just know that that's not you know, significant to our decision-making. It's about making sure we find placements that provide you with the best experience. So that's something that I just wanted to let people know. it looks like we've had some questions. Um, one that I see recently is: you know, we are offering two format options for our summer program, either remote or hybrid. And if you go look at our posting, you'll be able to see, um, based on the bureau, what type of format they're offering. So, with the hybrid students, we hope to be able to let students um, come into our office for at least two days a week. Um, it's going to depend on a couple factors. We'll have more information as we get closer to the start of the summer program on that, but also we have remote opportunities. So perhaps, you know, you were interested in, in what Diane had to offer. I believe Westchester is offering um, both remote and hybrid placements for the summer. So something to think about. Christina um, already answered this a little bit, but yes, the each bureau takes a certain number of students and it's really based on Do they have quality work? Do they have quality supervision? So we don't want to, you know, have 10 students in a bureau that doesn't have the supervision or the work to make it a worthwhile experience because there's a give and take there. Like you come here, you're doing some work for us, but we also want to give you a quality professional development experience. So it depends. Um, I wanna mention that two of our fellows that are gonna be joining us in 2023 are gonna be placed in Albany bureaus. So if you're interested in staying in Albany post-graduation, think about our fellowship program. Um, You know, Maybe you don't wanna be in Albany long-term, but if you wanna do another two years in Albany, you could um, transfer in our office because we are a statewide office. We have a lot of people doing that more now since the pandemic happened with people wanting to relocate. So something to think about. Um, and Abby, and st- if I
1: can add to that, um, I apologize for interrupting you. Just for the record, you guys should be aware that one of those two fellows was my intern um, a couple of semesters, I think it was in the fall semester. So just think about um, you know, that kind of opportunity, the opportunities that may present um, available to you with a background working for the largest law firm in the state of New York. So that's really important to know too.
0: Thanks, Christina. Um, are there other questions? I'm trying to look through the chat. Does anyone want to raise their hand?
1: Okay. One thing, um, too, if I could add Abby to um, the suggestion of reaching out to speak with those who are currently working in the office to learn more, you know, as you're making decisions on the those that you want to apply to. We also have students who have filled out summer surveys on their past experiences and your counselor, or I can certainly connect you to a student who has recently had the experience in this particular, these offices and they can give you some firsthand information to help you. So just an additional resource for you. That's a great suggestion. I love that. And you know, guys, I understand as law students, you're kind of a little uncomfortable reaching out to practicing attorneys, but that's part of what. I do as your supervisor. My role and my job is to put you in positions that make you feel uncomfortable because breaking out of your comfort zone to build relationships and to build bridges, I promise you, will you'll find an asset um, throughout the course of your career. So nothing that will be asked of you, beginning with my recommendation here, that you reach out and find out what each bureau is about. Um, none of that is without a purpose.
0: That's a good point Christina, thank you. Yeah. So some of this is pushing yourself, you know, as Christina said out of your comfort zone. So, you know, if your preference is to do all of your communication online, perhaps have a conversation and perhaps challenge yourself if you do work here, if you make a connection with an attorney or you see somebody who's doing something that's of interest, strike up a conversation with them. Um 9 times out of 10 that person's going to want to have that conversation with you and it could lead to something down the road, either you would help them with a project or an assignment, or it's just another connection and another person who's, you know, in your court who's going to be there and give you feedback and advice, and hear you out on what you have to say. And I also just want to point out for Diane in particular. You know this is important for Christina but Diane, you like to talk about how you didn't have this type of support when you started out. Do you want to share a little bit about that.
2: Yes, but it, it also uh, dates me because, you know, this is back in the 80s. I am an immigrant. I was born in Jamaica and came to this country in the 60s. My parents didn't know attorneys so like I could have anyone to be a mentor to me or give me any guidance on how to navigate through um, my legal career, starting from just applying to law school and so forth. I didn't even know anything about the process. Um, so I so. These giving back and doing the student program and doing the fellowship program uh, is very near and dear to my heart because um, you know I didn't have that type of mentorship or or connections or or anyone that's like in your all your law school that's helping you to progress in your careers and make choices and so forth. So I I, I want you all to take advantage of these situations if you have an opportunity to speak to attorneys. Attorneys love to talk. So ask questions of attorneys in any of the placements you go to, any t- internships, even within our attorney general's office. Outside the attorney general's office, always get some, get an attorney talking about their journey because it could be useful to you in making decisions in your own life. Um, and 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 um, also you 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 need to. Um, I think Christina's already said you, you need to know where you want to go with your career a little bit, and the uh, having these conversations will help you. So, so that's where that's where I'm coming from in doing everything that I do. So, if so you have important, experience, yes.
1: Yeah, such a good point. And you guys don't make assumptions about you know um, a, a, an attorney's background um, just because maybe one attorney has had. You know, wonderful success, and you just assume, oh, they must be, they must have known something. Their parents must have been, you know, in the law. I will tell you, I have a very similar background um, as Diane does. You know, in fact, I will, I will share this because it's funny, and I, I kind of am very, I enjoy being self-effacing. My first um, few weeks in law school, I thought the J in front of the judge's last name was their first name, so I actually raised my hand and said. <laughs> excuse me professor it's it's don't you think it's odd that all of these judges must have the same uh, all of their names start with the same letter j and of course that i became the laughing stock of my class but i had no idea because i didn't know anything about the law i didn't know anybody who was in the law um so and you know i also have a a, a you know a more personal kind of background that may may sound familiar to some of you so um reach out to us um as Diane said, as you can see, you know, we love to talk, most of us, we're happy to share. Um, And people like Diane and I really recognize the value of our um, role in kind of helping you guys become successful and really take it very seriously and are happy to devote sometimes on particular weeks, more time to you and to your program and to your development than we do to our own cases. Um, And that makes, makes it so so that then we're having to work at night and on the weekend, but we're willing to take that kind of hit because that's how important your development is to us. Um, I will tell you, I've, I've had students reach out to me on LinkedIn that I've never met before and asking me about, hey, I'm thinking about applying to this job. Can you, would you, I see that you work there. Would you mind kind of sharing some info? Things like that. You guys sound scary, and you're gonna, you know, your instinct is to say, oh my gosh, they're going to think I'm so dumb or an idiot, or they're not going to want to talk to me. Nine times out of 10, you will get a response. So lean on us, lean on your legal community um, that you intend to practice within. Um, You don't have to know anybody. I didn't know anybody. I came here knowing zero people ever. But today I know hundreds of people because I was able to figure out how to operate outside of my comfort zone.
2: This one attorney said to a, a young person like me when I was first starting up, she said to me, everybody gets their job because they know someone. And I'm going... You know, yeah, my parents. No,
1: I didn't know anybody.
2: No, I didn't know so. anybody.
1: In fact, my first job was be- I got my first or my second job out of law school because of a connection that I made at an internship that I worked in at Albany Law, and the position that I got at- here at OAG when I first started here, I didn't know anybody, so I reached out to an ALS connection who connected me with a person who worked in my bureau, and so. The, the connections you build throughout the course of time in operating outside of your comfort comfort zone, you guys are so important.
0: Great, thank you. This is really helpful information. I don't think we have any more questions and Meg, I think we're at a good time. I think so
1: too. Uh, thank you all for coming to talk to the students today. I really appreciate-
0: Anytime. Yes, thank you for having us, wonderful. we really appreciate it students, thank you for
1: attending. Um, and uh, I have all the contact information if anyone should need it. Okay.
0: Okay. And I put my email in so the much. chat. Thank,
1: thank, you. You. Okay. Uh,
0: thank you. Okay. Good thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you, See you, Abby. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Christina. Thanks, Diane. Yeah. Thanks, Meg. Bye. Thank Bye-bye.